Bigger than Capes. Give me some silence. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week it's another roundtable, and I'm joined by Angela, Will, and Matt, or Will, Angela, and Matt, or Matt, Angela, and Will. Whatever, whatever shakes your boat. I don't. <laughs> welcome. How is everybody? <laughs> uh, my my boat is shook. I don't know what that means. I'm trying yeah. to get over that introduction. That's where, where I am. Yeah. <laughs> What 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 is the phrase I wanted? Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, floats your boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what they say? Um, don't rock the boat, but if you are going to shake it, I don't. I don't, I don't. Um, That's what they say. This has been an incredible the first minutes. I I'm yeah. having an okay. Uh, Good episode, everyone, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. And remember, yeah um, so, Zach, what what are we doing this week? <laughs> this, this week, we are going to be talking about alternative superhero universes. If you've been following our website, biggerthancapes.com, or our Twitter, at biggerthancapes, or our instagram at bigger than capes or our facebook bigger than capes uh we've we've been doing a few little articles or um epically long articles also available about alternative superhero universes and this is we're going to round those up a little bit and really dig into the deets of all that stuff i know it's something we're all quite into i think and that's fair absolutely yeah yeah so yeah we're gonna Really crack open the uh, less known superhero universes. Yes. I'm already having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get to our favorite or not favorite, before we get to the superhero universe eyes, universes? Universes. Let's say a little something something about our lovely sponsors traveling man they're still based in manchester leeds york and newcastle they're still available online at travelingman.com and they're still available for click and collect at least in manchester and newcastle um they they got you covered for most of your offbeat nerdery you know comics board games mangas you can almost certainly get anything that we talk about today uh there yeah. Um, yeah. If, if anything catches, like um, catches hold, I almost had a Zach and forgot the sort of uh, and, and and stumbled over the saying that I was going to use. No shame in it, Matt. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're they're great, and yeah, we're looking forward. I'm look. I'm really looking forward to uh, being able to go back in again sometime soon. That would be nice. One yes. day. The days that we can go places, record podcasts together in the same room, and all that wow. good stuff. 
that's within reach. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not so sure about human contact anymore. (laughs) I saw some people on an old TV show sitting too close together and it made me really uncomfortable. It freaked me out. I saw (laughs) that the other day and I was like, no, 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 step back, step back, social distance, please. I was just like, please think it like, please just, if if you don't care about each other, at least care about yourself. The truth. Um, will TV ever be the same? Will TV ever reflect social distancing? The the real questions. I think if you watch yeah. the soaps, I think it already has. The soaps do, yeah. The soaps are hilarious. Yeah. There was a there's like a trailer for me, Stenders, I think, where she said, "Get away from me," and I'm like, "He's already two meters away from you. How much further <laughs> away do you want him to get?" Yeah, and to <laughs> and to be fair. If a show is bad enough, everyone keeps a social distance anyway. <laughs> um, social distancing uh, with television is just called uh, getting cancelled. <laughs> the ultimate social distance. Um, and on that bombshell, mm. Will, if you're feeling confident, would you like to get us started? Absolutely. So uh, my alternate... Uh, superhero universe is astro city i say my like i own it <laughs> it's all uh, you will yeah yep. tm 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 uh, tm 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 astro will city. is mailing this yeah will is mailing this introduction <laughs> to himself yeah. and he's going mailing to keep the, the envelope sealed mailing the microfilm back to myself um because that's how we record these so <laughs> astro city is a superhero um sort of anthology comic uh, all set around the city of Astro City, created by Kurt Busiek, Brent Anderson, and Alex Ross. It sort of homages um, the golden and silver age of comics and those sort of characters, but tells stories across a long period of time in sort of Astro City's history and all the various heroes that uh, come about uh, in that time frame. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so, like, I don't have much experience with Astro City. It's, like, the only one of these that I've only read a tiny bit of. And I'm, like, it's for instance where whenever I've spoken to anyone, like, when, especially when I was coming up, sort of, into, like, getting into reading comics again kind of in the mid like in the mid 2000s after falling off for a little while um for for a couple for a couple years like it was an immediate recommendation from like everyone and for some reason i've just never really dived in as much as i'd like to are there any particular stories um in there that you'd recommend although it doesn't necessarily run to a kind of chronology I would probably just start from the beginning. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, I particularly like, there is a kind of two trade running story in the middle called the dark age. Yes. And I remember really... people saying that that took about 12 years to finish. To come oh out. yeah. That, <laughs> it comes out so slowly, but that was, that was really ace. Um, but it does involve a lot of characters that I think you're expected to have yeah. learned about in the, in the run up. Um, I really like how it takes um, 
all of those kind of classic concept characters and tends to put them in these sort of one shot little ideas. Uh, I thought that it, it's kind of like uh, what's that Superman Alan Moore issue uh, for the man who has everything. Mm. Yeah. And it's kind of that one shot issue that has nothing to do with the broader continuity, but tells you something about the characters without it being all punches. Astro City just feels like a consistent comic of that kind of storytelling. It's like disseminating the heroes. Always tells you a story that tells the audience something about that character. Mm. A lot of the time, the viewpoint is from just citizens of Astro City, just the people watching the events take place. Um, Some characters exist for an issue and then are gone and they just never come back. Some is set really far in the past. Uh, some is set in, at least when it's written, modern day. It's rad. It's just got everything you would want in a superhero uh, universe. So it's a lot of like, so like high concept dissection, kind of of like of yeah, the premises, but in a kind of silver agey type of way. Yeah. Like it's still fun and bombastic. It's not. It's not very um, serious and, and grim. Um, but it does it always presents you a story that gives you just an insight into the workings of an character i i think it benefits massively and we're going to touch on this with a lot of the stuff we talk about today it benefits massively from not being tied down to what's a more mainstream universe would be i think the fact that it's silver age characters cut free from the kind of silver age baggage is one of the biggest strengths of astro city i think the fact that you can tell us stories that are essentially about superman but without the problem of having to worry about superman or any of those kind of things i think that's something that is really good and i think it's good for it's it is it's it, it sounds dumb but it's like yeah that the whilst one of the strengths of something like marvel and dc is the history i think mm. when when you bail on all of that and have just freedom you can ultimately tell any story rather than yeah. worrying about telling stories that make sense in 60 years worth of continuity i think yeah. both have their strengths like astro city only really works because of the original yeah more like po-faced versions of of these i think uh that are kind of concentrating on continuity so it has to have that to to bounce off it yeah and i think if you read um marvels which is also kurt Busiek, you kind of see the opposite side of this coin because it's a dissection of maybe not even a dissection but it's in a retelling of all of the marvel universe but i think by comparison you kind of see the benefit of history in that in marvels versus the benefit of not having that history to draw on in yeah astro city i think astro yeah. city has a long continuity but told over a relatively short period of time as it, so it goes back to the past um, yeah. even to the point of when astro city was first kind of settled Mm. Um, and the original heroes that came up then all through the kind of era of uh, prohibition and uh, american jazz uh through the 80s all the way up to kind of uh, present day but it doesn't it replaces those heroes those heroes come and go um yeah and unlike marvel which sort of asks you to accept that 
the Punisher has fought in the Vietnam War, the Iraq War, <laughs> yeah. uh, pro- probably World War Two at some point within his kind of mm-hmm. storytelling. You just have to accept that the last 60 years have been condensed um, and you either do or you don't. But Astro City just says, well, if that happened and that character existed in that time frame, then that's simply how it was. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot of love for that. Yeah, it's it's refreshing to not have all that, to not have to need to have all the baggage that comes with, you know, I have to keep this character in continuity because history, because it sells. It's like, no, I just want to tell these stories with these characters and they have a story and then that's it. You know, I'm just telling their story and there's no pressure on them to exist outside of that story. Absolutely. I, I think it's also great that we can get like full volumes or full story arcs at least about characters that wouldn't get any time. Like is it is it Steeljack who gets yeah. the just just a real good story arc? About an old criminal trying to reform, but nobody will sort of take him in, nobody will accept him. He's sort of like Colossus, is completely covered in metal but can't turn it off. Yeah. And as his age, like his metals become wrinkly and, mm. <laughs> and oh, every time he tries to do good, he just sort of ends up accidentally in a criminal plot and seems to yeah. get caught red handed. <laughs> it's, it's kind of farcical, but also very sweet of this old man just trying to make amends for his kind of past sins. Yeah. And I don't know where else you would get that story, if I'm honest. No. One of my other real favorite character beats, which uh, hopefully isn't too spoilery but it's quite far back um is there's one character who goes far into the future and then is jumping to points earlier in the story so as you are reading the story in a forward timeline he is appearing from later and later in the story so his first Mm -hmm. appearance is his latest appearance for him and therefore he knows the most about what's going on at the end and as they keep meeting him he knows less and less about what's happening and they have to fill him in and it's just it's a super cool concept. Yeah, definitely, definitely is. Um, I have to ask, um, do you have a favourite hero or character design from Astro City? Because there is a wealth of that. I feel like this is a question that's going to come up all through this episode. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think I really like how the Samaritan's cape is done. It's like, like strapped to one shoulder and then his waist. Yeah. And then his wrist as well, like he's got a bit on his oh, wrist. Yeah, so yeah. He always kind of pulls it right. Kind of a um, Centurion-style cape. Mm. Um, I, I really like the Confessor as well, a weird gothic vampire version of yeah. Batman. Um, I, see, I was going to go Confessor and Hanged Man, which I think both of both of which are incredibly like goth of me. So I'm sorry. That's <laughs> really cool. I'll tell you a design I do like, which is sadly a bit short-lived, is uh, the Mock Turtle, who makes his appearance in Steel Jack's story. Yeah. And uh, his design is awesome as well. But the Alex Ross covers and all of these characters in like full painted covers are just just exceptional. Yeah, I think I don't know if it exists, it should exist. There should be just like an Astro City book of all the covers. Like yeah. an art book. Yeah. It that's what that might be what you would call it, Angela, but <laughs> like, no, your opinion, me, right? yeah, you know. Um, I, I do feel like I have an obligation to mention. Um, I have a friend called Richard, right? And he recommended Astro City to me every single time I saw him for what felt like 
a couple of years. And um, I, I had this great moment where after like not reading Astro City, where I finally got to go, man, I've read Astro City. And you're right. This is like the best thing. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, shout out to Richard. He uh, runs a, one of these like podcast, YouTube, Twitch show yeah, things. Whatever um, yeah, whatever this is um, called the D20. Yeah. Called the D twenty Future Show. So if you uh, if you're a D and D kind of RPG kind of person, mm-hmm. check that out. And um, his his opinion on comics are all right as well. So I guess. <laughs> oh, just remembered Looney Leo. Sorry, before we move on, <laughs> <laughs> a cartoon like a cartoon lion mascot who comes to life and uh, and runs a nightclub. God, that comic's good. Yeah, I I was told that there's a character called G Dog. In a later one, <laughs> oh, like a the best, like and a, a corgi, and that looks cool. That is, that is superb. That and, looks uh, like it's, a really good design. <laughs> it's got it's it's got a bit of a like real sentimental tearjerker moment in that story as well. Yeah, I, it has a dog in it. Of course, it's going to. Is it going to make <laughs> me cry if I read it? I don't think full on <laughs> full on weeping, but you might I shed a single tear. <laughs> A single tear, but just leave it to run all the way down. <laughs> that type of crying. But if that hasn't convinced you to go read Astro City, then fair enough. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's, it's wrong, <laughs> but you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, Matt, do you want to tell us about Black Hammer? Yeah. So, um, like, yeah, Black Hammer... Uh, it's by uh, Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston. It's basically like it takes a group of like six characters, sort of from from like pulp, sort of like East and like EC type comics and like Silver Age period comics. And about is it uh, like ten years ago, there was an event um, where they battled against. The anti-god. Oh, yeah, they did. Uh, in a crisis of indeterminate length. Um, <laughs> and when they somehow finally won, they all, they um, minus um, their, their, their seventh um, companion appeared um in a field, in a next to a farmhouse, um, alongside the sort of the the, the magic hammer um, of their of um, yeah their compatriot, the black hammer, and they can't leave. There's this small town around um, around the farmhouse, but after a certain distance. You don't know what happens. Probes have been sent out, but nothing um, comes back. Like the the six characters on that, there are um, Abraham Abraham Slam, um, Golden Gale, who's like your sort of um, Mary Marvel uh, mm. type, um, Barbalian, um, who is has my favourite name. Of any of them, which is Mark Marks. Um, 
Like, because obviously he's, yeah, you, like, crossover of, like, he's, he's literally, like, Barbalian, the warlord of Mars, and his name is Mark Mark. So, he's, you know, Martian Manhunter yeah. uh, meets, like, uh, jo- uh, John Carter. And, like, yeah, you have um, Colonel Weird, um, who is, yeah, like, your, um, like, your uh, Adam Strange sort of East, mm. but also, like, EC, uh, like, science fiction kind of character and, and, his uh, his robot buddy Talkie Walkie, um, and like EC horror sort of um, crypt keeper, um, analog sort of Madam Dragonfly, yeah, um, and yeah, it's about them basically l- like dealing with this new life um, that they're all having to live, and the mystery of what happened, and some of them desperately kind of wanting to leave and return to normal whilst for others it's it they're they're happier here than they were than they were before it it's a it's a really interesting um book like to me because it it relies in some way on like you having on you having some of the language of superhero comics and like the the like the cultural catch like um like um Abraham Slam like has like a, a Dark Knight Returns issue. Mm. Um like um Madam Dragonfly has like yeah, like a Crypt Keeper issue, like yeah. there's all these sorts of things and like that the characters are more than that sort of are, are are a lot more than that sort of uh, shorthand, but it's a useful shorthand to have. It allows the the book to to do more with the characters because yeah. you have that base understanding. Like Colonel Weird is 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 like a, an interesting one in the sense of like he's basically dealing with like time displacement sort of dementia ostensibly um because he's essentially split between multiple kind of dimensions ostensibly like he's his consciousness is never sure quite which one he's inhabiting at any given time yeah where or when he is yeah yeah like golden gale um like has is is stuck now back in the body of a like that she had when she was a child. Like she's been aging backwards, ostensibly. Like after a certain point, using her powers, um, and like was is stuck back at, at this. And she, like I just this is just a, a side thing, but I love um, the I love Black Hammer's um, backstory and sort of design. Mm-hmm. Um, ethos because like his his whole backstory is ostensibly for but with like afrofuturism um like, as part of like the design aesthetic like um it's like yeah it's 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 like um kirby fourth world like fourth world for sort of stuff but like with massive sort of amounts of like African um, 
inspiration in, uh, in in some of it, like with whilst melding it with that sort of fourth world for um, like aesthetic as well. It's mm. really cool. I think while the similarities of both Black Hammer and Astro City, sort of relying on those archetypes to play off, I think they they go about it very differently. Yes, where Astro yeah. City sort of continues the pomp of the silver age i think black hammer embraces the the modern age of comics Mm. and grounds these characters as you say you've got golden gale who is a 50 year old woman who wants to drink alcohol smoke fags and get laid but she's in a an eight-year-old's body and and is forced to go to school every day to continue this sort of lie that they're a normal family yeah every year in the same grade for 10 years yeah, a yeah. Barbalian is secretly gay, um, but sort of can't tell anybody because it's at least is set in a sort of proto 50s, 60s age. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, it's, 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 yeah, it's a very sort of small town, conservative feeling place. I think even in his backstory as well, when he first comes to Earth and disguises as a policeman and uh, eventually makes a pass at his partner. And it just it sort of ruins his life uh, as this identity that he'd formed. Um, and I think you get these very complicated stories for these archetypal characters, rather than it being a continuation of what they did. It's almost like the natural conclusion of where they have to end up. Yeah, mm. and it builds uh, it like excuse me, it builds them over time. Like it fills in gaps um, in their pasts. Um, over time, like with um, whether it's in the main series or in the various mini series that um, that came out, like, and it so in some cases it's just like it'll be like a like there's there there was um, Doctor Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows, which I liked quite a lot um, when it came out, just because I like. I, I I will admit to having been excited for anything that was broadly Starman um, yeah. related, and kind of the Starman meets Green Lantern um, yeah. sort of thing. And it was like it it was a thing that had been loosely talked about with um, with one of the other characters, and then it just was like, hey, let's just go and see what this what happened to this character. What like. Um, who were they? Like, yeah. with that, and I'm glad that this one of these things where it's like, I'm glad that they do that they that they that they were confident enough to do these little side um, stories that are totally like you don't ever need to read them. Um, like they are just extra material. Yeah. to flesh out kind of the the world um but they do really enrich it when you read like when you go back and see little things in the main series um and you kind of know more about certain characters mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah like um also there's a one of the one of the old villains on the main world was called Sherlock Frankenstein, um, and that <laughs> yep. that rules. That's a great name. But as you mentioned, uh, Doctor Star there, 
um, who has had to be renamed Doctor oh, Andromeda. Yes. Yeah, in um, the most like let's homage um, comics way, there was a legal battle over a name of a comic book character. Yeah, which I think is incredibly apt for a comic homage in uh, old superheroes to have a kind of Captain Marvel style. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 legal yeah. Tussle. Like, Captain yeah. Marvel, Perfect. Superman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, thing as well. Like yeah, there's all all sorts. I love it. Um, and yeah, it. Unlike with Ast- like so, unlike with Astro City, like they're they're both books that dissect these characters. But like, whereas Astro City is these anthologies, uh, it's like this anthology where it's like lots of short, shorter stories, like you were saying. This is a more lot like with with occasional steps outside of the main story. This one tends to run as as a whole. Yeah, there's always yeah. a central mystery of why are they on Black Hammer Farm? How did they get yes. there? Why can't they leave? And that is the driving force at the centre of the book, isn't it? But you just yeah, get all of these satellite stories yeah. around it. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, there's definitely... A progression, though, I think after is it after volume two, so issue twelve, I think we move off of the farm. So, yeah, and, and I know that there's a relaunch happening any time now. So we've since since the end of the main Black Hammer series, we've seen um, is it Skull Digger and Skeleton Skull Boy? Digger and Skeleton mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Colonel Weird Cosmogog, Barbalian Red Planet. I'm not sure if they're out yet, but Black Hammer Visions was supposed yeah. to start it. Yeah, yeah. We, we are a couple of issues into Black Hammer Visions. Yeah. I think. And then I Visions, think it's, bl- yeah. Visions it's Black Hammer Re- Is it? Is that one coming out yeah. soon? And then Black uh, Black Hammer Reborn, I think, is going to be yeah, the, the relaunch. We're getting back to just one yeah. central title, which I think is going to be interesting. I think the, the additional books have been really good. Um, I think Doctor Star. Um, Doctor Andromeda. Dr. Andromeda, sorry. <laughs> um, I was a big fan of Quantum Age. I don't know. If, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, I, it just had the dumbest ending. I'm not going to give anything away, but it had the exact dumb ending that I needed it to have as well. So Quantum Age was... Legion of yeah. Superheroes style. Yeah. Future heroes. Um, but I, I've just got a lot of love for the creative teams that have come in for all of these books. I yeah. think Jeff Lemire is a great kind of f- key creator. And then the, the other writers and the other artists that have come in along the way have all been good additions. Um, God, I love Black Hammer. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah. am, I, am I right in saying that Dean Ormston, did he have a stroke or an injury that meant he couldn't? Yeah. He couldn't draw or or struggle to draw, at least at the same pace. And I think that's initially why Mm. um, a lot of these other artists came in. David Rubin, I think, is probably the most, uh, makes the most appearances otherwise. But you have Wilfredo Torres, Mm. um, Max Fumara. Matt Kent. Matt Kent. Yeah. Oh, Matt Kent. Yeah. and others, I apologize. Oh, uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walter on the Barbalian. Mm, that's yeah. true. Which is ace. Um, 
but yeah i think it is a book of sort of variety but because of its core story and its core set of characters i don't think you ever lose that central thread like it always does well to pull you back onto the main continuity when it needs to yeah it, it's nice yeah. that it has that main continuity, but then it has all these little bits that sort of branch off that you don't you don't need to read them. But if you do read them, it enriches the main branch of continuity. Yeah, exactly. It yeah. helps that the branches are also really high quality. <laughs> like the worst thing about reading a, a big event yeah. and reading all the tie-ins is that sort of sixty percent of the tie-ins are just are just bad comics. They're just poorly yeah. made. Um, mm. So the fact that basically every tie-in has its own thing to say. Yeah. yeah, I think it's great. It's like Ooh. every single one has its own little he voice, and it's like, it's, <laughs> I'm not disputing it. No, I, I can hear Matt rumbling. <laughs> no, no, no. All just... I was going to say, all I was going to say, was that I somehow missed that um, there was a James Stokoe cover to one of oh, the issues. Uh, uh, okay. Sorry, go. sorry to interrupt your point for that, Angela. That's fine. <laughs> fine. I don't know where it's gone. I'm going to have to find it again now. Um, <laughs> somewhere here there was a point when i started this i'll come back to it um i'll find it yeah i'm distracted now but it it's clear that all the creators they they all have everyone who's been involved has a love of what this series is trying to do yes definitely. which is nice they're not people who've just come on and like yeah you're gonna write that tie-in or you're gonna write that and or you're gonna draw that or whatever it's like these are people that genuinely want to be doing what they're doing and it shows in the writing and the art and it's just it's just really nice. It's just all rounded and lovely. I think it always helps that there's one central writer as well. Who, yeah. It's, it's Jeff Lemire's story, ultimately, yeah. with the, the others uh, add to in incredible ways. Yeah. And he knows what he's doing. He has a, you can believe he has a plan. He's not one of these people who's just writing on the fly. He has, he has an arc and he knows where these characters start, where these characters end up. And it will be entirely believable how that comes to pass. Because he is that sort of writer that he he doesn't take on a project without knowing where it's going to go ultimately. Which yeah. is nice because I—that's you feel like you can get invested in this world because you know that it's going to be satisfying at the end of it. Assuming there's an end, who knows? I mean, you know, it may run forever. It tend- <laughs> I mean, how long has Black Hammer been going? Because I remember reading it about four years. There we go. It feels longer. Yeah, it definitely in feels longer. Good, yeah. good way, in a good way. Yeah. Up until now, what's Jeff Lemire's longest? Project is it Black Sweet Tooth? Sweet Tooth? Oh, oh, in yeah. terms of issues, it might be Sweet Tooth, but mm. like, in terms of time, I'm not sure. Like, because as, as you say, Andrew, I think I, I hope and I think that Lemire has a plan and he knows where yeah. this end this ends up and it's not going to be just dragged on forever. No, I think he, he does have an endpoint in mind. I think it's nice that we've had all these sort of little side bits to distract us as well from the main continuity. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we don't get bored with it. It's not like we're just waiting for us to uh, like, Oh God, there's like, you know, it's not like saga, sorry, you know, <laughs> that may or may not end in our lifetimes. Um, oh. But it is, it, it, it's nice to sort of have that because it, it always feels fresh when you come back into the main continuity, it still feels fresh, but it does feel like there is a journey involved and yeah, ultimately these characters 
will have an ending, whatever that may be. <laughs> Wonderful. Good hustle, guys. I like it. Yeah. Um, so crossover, Zach. Crossover. Yeah. A returning, so- like a returning book from uh, an earlier episode. Yes. Yes. It was another round table. But not yes. an episode of this podcast. No, an episode of a different, strange podcast from another world. Um, <laughs> so, cro- Crossover is the newest of um, comic book universes that we're going to be covering today. Um, so starting at the end of 2020, Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw, Jeff Shaw uh, launched their new image series, Crossover. It's the story of a small town in North America that is essentially the the location of a of a comic book summer event in which comic book characters of all kinds suddenly start bleeding into the real world and hilarity ensues um so <laughs> so that that initially is kind of the premise and Obviously, with it being the world of Image, there's kind of a lot to draw on um, because Image have got quite a wealth of characters, you might know. Um, And then we're kind of told that a bubble is placed around this town by a a, a, comic book wizard, which is one of my favourite swerves in possibly comic book storytelling ever. Um, So we're told that, yeah, no, a wizard has chucked a bubble over this town and all the comic book stuff is in there and the rest of the world is kind of, you know, some people are in support of what's going of, you know, hey stuff. And some people are wildly against it, protesting, trying to, you know, get rid of all the comic stuff. It's, it's a, it's a weird old time <laughs> is, yeah. is what, is what that is. Uh, the main story follows a character called Ellie, uh, Ellipsis. As her full yeah. human name, which is not a human name, let's be honest. Um, as she wants to get inside this bubble to find her family who are inside. Um, and hilarity ensues. No, <laughs> <laughs> just keep hitting the same old jokes. And yeah. it's whilst it's not immediately a comic book universe, that I think it's almost that there is a universe implied around crossover. So we see as I'm sorry, there's going to be some spoilers as the, as the issues progress, we see that the wizard who traps everyone in this comic book bubble wasn't the Dr. Strange that it's suggested to be. And it is instead Dr. Black, who is a, with a Q black with a Q who is a Donny Cates character that first appeared in Buzzkill and the paybacks who is, Basically, like the acid-riddled nightmare equivalent of Doctor Strange. I think. <laughs> I think that's the polite way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 a, he's a burnout. And he teleports right. people right. with finger guns, and that's. If you're not um, sold on it now, you're not going to be sold on it at the end, kids. Um, we I also... have one very important thing to actually say about this book, and I, I, it's a big spoiler, but it was what sold me on coming back to this book when Zach, when Zach told me about it. Mad Man is in it! 
Yeah, I, I can't believe so. If we if we can roll back to December, I joked about how a drawing that uh, is Ava, the kid. Yeah. Who, yeah. So a- a- Ava is a comic book child who is in the real world and they're trying to reunite her with her family. And she draws a picture of the character that got her out of the bubble. And we, I, I, I joked with Matt in December that it was going to be Madman and not Superman. And I mean, obviously it I'm, wasn't going to be Superman. I was like, it's Supreme or like Mr. Majestic or something. Who knows? See, here's the thing. I, I didn't think I was going to be right. I, <laughs> I'm so glad I am. Um, but whilst we're seeing uh, Dr. Black and we, we see the characters from the payback rock up, um in issue three i think yeah issue- yes yes yeah. um and, and there is this kind of constant threat and implication of the larger possibilities obviously madman is representative of that we've seen references to god country which is another donny kate's book in the most recent issue which was issue four um there are things that I feel a, a brewing in the background that will come to fruition. I think there is such a wealth of image heroes that are constantly attempted to be rebooted to different levels of success. Um, I mean, we know how much Will loves this book because his boy Spawn is in uh, is in a panel. Uh, a guy. True. So. <laughs> um, Kids love chains. Kids love chains. And... I think this is the thing. I think I, I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, basically, every waking moment. I think crossover might actually be the catalyst that brings us the spawn shared universe. I think. Oh, there is every potential that we'll see an alternate version of Spawn in crossover, or Spawn will appear and then get Chuck's back. We we basically <laughs> learn in issue four that characters can go back to the comics. Yeah. And I'm wondering now if there's going to be a version of Spawn that gets sent back to the wrong universe, and that will bring us the Spawn verse. And interesting. I, I think oh, that could be that, on the cards. That is a good I, theory. I still can't believe you are right about it being Madman. Imagine what else um, I'm right about. <laughs> like, so I'm not willing to put it past you being right about this. Um, yeah. True. That I, I think the characters we've seen are pretty much all what what I, I would want from characters. I think that the potential is left open. I, I really love paybacks. That's something to mention here. So the paybacks yeah. are this kind of Suicide Squad-esque team written well, by... Blood, aren't they? Oh, look, the, the Youngblood Suicide Squad, that, yeah, that range of team. And they travel around in a interdimensional magical van that's like a got TARDIS stuff going on with the inside of it. And there are two things about that that I want to mention. One, the trade is still available from Dark Horse. It's Donny Cates, Elliot Rahal, and Jeff Shaw. Go get it. It's good. And two, I'm pretty sure the guy who drives the van, who I'm, I think is just Driver... I'm pretty sure he's Miracle Man. Ooh, that's <laughs> so, a theory. Uh, which, which was teased in um, the paybacks. And I'm kind of curious now, like, was Crossover always on the cards? Was there always this? There was a master plan. Donnie wants to shuffle in all the heroes he can get the rights to, and here we are. Maybe. Uh, yeah. 
just while we're on the point of paybacks, I just want to run through the uh, the team names because they're pretty excellent. We've already had Doctor Black with a Q, mm. Blood Pouch, yeah. Super Nineties, Miss Adventure, yeah, uh, Soviet Nunchuck, Soviet Nunchuck, and my personal favourite, Night Night. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, th- I don't uh, think this has come up in crossover yet, but Night Night does have a horse called Nightmare. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Now, go. That's the highlight for me. Question. Isn't Miracle Man owned by Marvel these days? Well, that there in which lies the question because he's, <laughs> he's definitely suggested to be Miracle Man. Yes. Yeah. In it at least in the paybacks, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a massive legal issue. But Donnie Cates <laughs> does work for Marvel. <laughs> He spoke to them really nicely, and they said, don't worry, Donny, here you go. (laughs) It's not like we're doing anything else with them. I mean, no. Um, So I feel like this is a universe waiting to happen with a world of possibilities. It's it's kind of, unlike everything else we've talked about today, I think it's something that it's kind of on you to go looking for the universe. I... Yeah, I, I definitely recommend everything we've mentioned from buzzkills to paybacks to God Country to Madman. I, yeah, I think you're going to have a good old time reading any of those books. <laughs> and while it might not be clear until you get to crossover that they're all part of the same world somehow, somehow, somehow they are. Yeah. But I think despite this being the most uh, recent of the books that we're talking about today, or, or universes we're talking about today, I think it's the one that relies on the most knowledge of broad comic book culture. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. I think both from what a crossover is, like you mentioned earlier, that it's essentially a summer event. You sort of have to know what that what that entails True. in order to then understand what the comic is doing like it's rather than a pastiche on heroes it's a pastiche on how superhero comics are made yeah and, and i think whilst every other universe we're talking about today you can kind of start with i think this is a book that this probably can't be your first comic unfortunately no but, you but paybacks or buzzkill definitely can be and once you've read those <laughs> then you can move on to crossover i'd be so interested to just find someone who this is their first comic and just think what, what was that yeah. about yeah <laughs> you, tell, you, you tell have... me what you thought that was all about yeah <laughs> we do have a new person at the comic book club who's read very very few comics yeah let's so get crossover just, under his nose just... I just, I just dump the, the issues on his doorstep and just wait. Can you imagine somebody yeah. without that background yeah. knowledge seeing that picture and thinking, oh man, Superman's going to be in this book. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then Madman... And then they open the page and Frank Einstein shows up. <laughs> it's th- That is a problem, yeah. Obviously, if, if you didn't know Madman... You're probably real disappointed right now. If you look at some of those cultural touchstones, they're not there. Yeah, you, you definitely you definitely need knowledge. Because I do think you could probably read Astro City and Black Hammer without knowing too much. You yeah. probably you wouldn't you wouldn't perhaps appreciate it as much. I don't know, maybe you would, but though they benefit from knowledge, but you don't need the knowledge. Whereas crossover, you need the knowledge or there's no yeah. 
You could read it, but you'd just probably be quite baffled. I agree. And I, I know some criticism have been raised that it is essentially, hey, what cameo can we put in this issue? And whilst I think that is true in some sense, they're all cameos I really like. <laughs> so, it, I think normally I'd criticise this, but these are cameos that appeal to me. <laughs> yes. I think I'm the target really, audience for these cameos, guys. It, it, pand- it panders to you. Yeah. I think it's really easy, though, to boil things down to their like core concept and make anything sound ridiculous. Yeah. So just say, like, oh, this is just cameo after cameo. So, well, yeah, but it's fun, so just enjoy it. Not yeah. everything has to be like have a huge message or be a masterpiece. It's nice when they do, but sometimes stuff's just fun. Yeah, yeah. and this I, I think crossover, crossover is a lot it's, of fun. It's fun. Yeah. I, I also I've downplayed it. Where it's not been the focus, but I am interested in Elle's story. El, Ellie's story. Ellie, yes. What's going on? And I'm, I'm interested in the kind of family drama of. Is she is she gonna find her parents? Is Ava gonna find her parents? Is that guy that's also in it? What's the guy called? Otto, the comic book store. Yeah. Owner. Or no, the, no, or the, the other the, one. The, the kid. Oh, Lowe. Ryan. Oh. Ryan Lowe. The, uh, yeah, Ryan Lowe. There we go. It, it, son of the preacher, man. It, is, it. is Ryan gonna do something with his magic gun? Is is Otto yeah. gonna get his shop back? I mean, it was awfully on fire. (laughs) Something has just dawned on me now, and I may be completely off base, but do you think that her name Ellipsis may be a very subtle reference to Brian K. Vaughan's character uh, Ampersand as having punctuation as your your given name? It could well be a very subtle reference. This is something else, but a question that Ellipsis does raise. Well, no, the a question that's occurred to me because of ellipsis. Um, if she can get away with just wearing a domino mask all the time, just like... Why can't you? Yeah, can, can I Can I do that? Because yeah. you can get some prescription lenses in. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. That would really confuse people at work if I had, like, prescription domino masks. <laughs> when you go into yeah. Specsavers and say, can you make these bulletproof? <laughs> but, like, yeah, yeah. I'm really See, worried about being shot right in the eye <laughs> i mean yeah this, so, so yeah legit question can i get away with just domino mask and hoodie all the time because i think that might be my well, fashion i, I say yes that's... but you'll never know whether that's just me setting you up i think <laughs> it's all down to you zach you'll never know until you try mm-hmm. yeah um, and we'll make sure we'll make sure to take lots of photos as long as <laughs> Though, they're to be fair to be fair, everyone's wearing masks at the moment, so you double, stand double out. up, baby. <laughs> yeah. As as I've previously mentioned with Will on on the Shadow episode, I did try to make the pulp detective image look work for me in like <laughs> about 2015, and I'll tell you that. Didn't oh, that was great, way later so. than I thought you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was. I thought you were going to say in recent. high school. Yeah. No, no. High high school. I had many phases. The most, the the longest running was. I just tried to be Raven for a oh, while. And I yeah. I went I went to school with a kid who shortly after the Matrix just spent the next six years as Neo with his long leather jacket. <laughs> I mean, 
I have the I have the long leather jacket. It was essential to the pulp detective character I portrayed. Um, yeah. However, awesome. I did but I did get it in about two thousand and four because I was a huge wrestling fan, and The Undertaker is hella yeah. cool. <laughs> Not as cool as Raven, though. No, I think my um, sitting around six form, wearing a leather jacket with a flannel shirt tied around my waist, and, just and sulking, s- was saying quote the Zach Nevermore. <laughs> it wasn't a hit with the teachers, but I- I'm pretty sure I was cool. Yeah, you sat there, you refused, you refused to wrestle. Um, you were just, yeah, just a prick. You knew that my secretly in the, in the teacher's lounge, they're saying, man, that Zach, what a cool jacket. Yeah, when, all the teachers. it was like, yeah. it all got a bit much when you crucified one of your classmates. <laughs> um, and, well, and that was her angle to almost not to, uh, to take up professional wrestling. The blood That's sacrifice the was a bit far. Yeah. In, in pro wrestling, you can you know sit around and make Perry Saturn wrestle your matches for you. But if you sit around sixth form and like try and get I don't know one of the other like yeah like uh, a a a you can a get one of your mates a, a to do art for you. Prodigy to do art for you, yeah. Yeah, it didn't didn't really work that way. Yeah. They they didn't want to do the art because they weren't going to win a championship, and the teachers and, wouldn't accept yeah. that they that was a substitute for and me. And the worst so, part yeah. is, like, I doubt I doubt that the kid you ask could have put your teacher in the rings of Saturn. I true. I feel we have descended rapidly from talking about mm-hmm. crossover. You um, brought up wrestlers into a, a different wrestler. sort like. of a crossover. So. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything they'd like to add for, to crossover, or should we? Yes, it's very good. Read it, but you should have read something before you've read it. Yes, <laughs> nailed it. comic book history, and then, uh, then, then, then you good. Sorry, it's the newest of the books that we've got, and like it's got the most sort of like I I, I put it as like a qualified recommendation of like. I don't know really where it's going yet, but like it has the potential to be very, very good. So, so my only question is, maybe the opposite is true of what we said earlier, and I think for some people, you are going to come to crossover, and maybe you're coming from Donny Cates' other work, and you know what? Maybe this is the book that makes you want to go and pick up Madman, and maybe this is the book that makes you decide that you do want some spawn, or you do want to check out glory or supreme if you can find it or other books from image past maybe this so yeah maybe this is something that's gonna hook you into the larger world of image heroes when they have when when they have like the crossover with the brandon graham version of profit that's when we know that this book was meant for me because it's got Madman and Profit in it. That's going to be top tier. I am surprised we haven't seen more of like the original 90s roster, like Wildcats, Youngbloods. Mm. Um, this is this is something me and Angela have touched on actually recently. Yes. Um, is not, not in any recorded format, but I'm not sure if Rob Liefeld has perhaps fallen out again with Image. Oh, with everybody. Yeah. Be- with every- because yeah. I... Is that why he started I, pandering I, up to Marvel again? Maybe. Because I went looking for 
90s glory and 90s supreme and all, all these 90s rob liefeld characters on Why? comics comicsology i don't uh, it's a long story and <laughs> they're not they're just not there and neither are the modern equivalents you can't find glory oh um, that sucks the modern ones are so, great yeah so, so those things aren't on comicsology right now and they're not anywhere in print so i don't know if maybe rob's fallen out with image again or something's happened with the rights but i think that might unfortunately be a restriction savage dragon though fill your boots <laughs> i think as, yeah, as I, always part of me thinks that image clearing their 90s um output to make it unbuyable is maybe just them saving you from yourself sack <laughs> Um, I'm not going to lie. When I realised that the only way I can read the 1990s run of Supreme is to buy it in single issues on eBay, there was a, a little glimmer of absolute relief, like divine intervention. If I was to to start, you know, having some kind of religious beliefs, mm. I, I think that would be it. That somebody somewhere went, absolutely not, no. Zach does not need 1992 no. Supreme. Let's I'm, just. I'm, oh, what the yeah. um, the Alan Moore run is. Matt, is, I've been is, looking at yeah. it. I can I can get that. I can get the first couple of issues for of it in a bundle with the first couple of issues of every <laughs> single image book Alan Moore took over for about thirteen quid on eBay, and mm. I say this not in anything but the truth. <laughs> it is some of the horniest singles covers I have ever seen. I, I am looking 90s. some of these up right now, and you might be right. There's some. There's <laughs> some. Very, there's a lot of vascular. There's a lot of vascularity. That's such a good word. Um, and but very nineties. Look in your in your spare time. Don't tell anyone you're doing it, and. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you put you it, yeah, it's on a podcast now for the world to know about Zach's problems. But you know, don't, 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 don't do it, kids. Back to Will then for Invincible. Okay, so yeah, the next one we're going to talk about is the Invincible Universe, um, which is written by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame, and originally by the artist Corey Walker but has majoritively been drawn by uh, Ryan Otley of recent Amazing Spider-Man fame. It follows the story of Mark Grayson, who is the son of Omni-Man, uh, the Earth's sort of greatest hero, and it follows his life as he sort of learns to get powers and becomes part of teams and has a family, um, goes through lots of twists and turns, but it is one long continuous story really just about mark grayson and his lifetime as a superhero that was incredibly concise considering how i described crossover and how matt described black hammer well done thank yeah. you discuss <laughs> <laughs> um so like one of my like I've, I've i've said it to you guys um before but like one of my favourite descriptions I've ever heard of Invincible is that it's, yeah, it's um, Spider-Man as Superman. It's like yeah. your sort of 
super like Superman level sort of power, sort of alien um, on a on another world, um, but teenager sort of teenage problems, friend like friend like school sort of friendship groups, um, and stuff like and family problems, uh, and so it's yeah. It, it 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 it's really like the best of both of those things kind of brought together um, when when the book is at its best, which is like I I you know prefer the, the I I like early Invincible a lot, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't just mean like before the sort of the big event, like the big initial sort of shake up event. Yeah. I mean, like for longer than that. Um, like, cause it does a lot of really fun things with that premise, like the idea of like, yeah, like, so what if Superman was Spider-Man? What if like some, yeah, like what if we had this character, but having to actually sort of deal with these issues and not being able to just like ignore them and like be independently wealthy um or anything like that you know like be able to just like um yeah just just sort of you know, and, and and stuff like so like there's all sorts of fun stuff that goes on in those like first like what seven or eight volumes maybe mm-hmm. um of invincible it's still good after that but it begins to feel like a very different book and that's not a bad thing the book does evolve See, I think that is its strength. I, I like that concept yeah. that you get those teenage years, you get that kind of um, Spider-Man in high school dealing with powers, and then once that's done, it yeah. just keeps going, and he grows up, and he becomes an adult, and he starts a family of his own, and he has bigger and different problems. I guess not yeah, bigger, that's unfair, but well, no, he it's has... Like, um, like, it is bigger problems, and it's about, as he grows up, about looking for more, like, for more systemic ways to change things and actually mm. like like that becomes a big thing later on is about addressing the problems at their core rather yeah. than just like rather than just punching your way through them i would say that of the the books we've spoken about so far invincible is probably the most traditional superhero comic in as much that it is the story of kind of origin, gaining powers, fighting villains, and it doesn't do so tongue-in-cheek. Some of the characters are clearly analogues of existing characters, but actually the main cast are relatively unique as superheroes. I mean, obviously being able to fly and punch stuff really hard is (laughs) pretty universal, but, you know, in the most part, they're not direct sort of pastiches or homages. But... I think another strength is its permanence in its storytelling um, in as much that friends and uh, colleagues will die in the story and remain as such or relationships become irreparable. There are big betrayals. Um, There's a point where a city is just wiped off the map and everybody in it and remains that way for the remainder of the story nothing is reversed like everything has a consequence and um 
in something which otherwise parallels a much more normal superhero story, I think that level of permanence feels really satisfying. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Also, his suit is rad. <laughs> it is very good. It's like, yeah. Um, I, I, I like a lot of the costumes in this. Like, um, Rex's costume has always been one I've really loved. Hey, hey, hey. You, you use his full name, damn it. The Sorry, Rex, good. We Rex use explode. Um, like, I... I was convinced that if I was ever going to like bother like cosplaying a comic book character, that I was going to try and do Rexplode uh, <laughs> yes. when I was like in college, because um, like I, I started reading like events were what like two thousand five, two thousand six, and I was like, I I I I loved that book, I and mean, I I loved like just so many of the character designs and uh, and stuff. But like you say, like. It all comes back to Mark. Like Mark has such a good design, a great costume. Yeah. It yeah, it works wonderfully. And there's little things that like talking about like the costume and stuff that that come up like later on, like when they're when they're designing Mark's suit um, from Invincible, there's like jokes about things like having these like solar cells um, on the yeah. suit because like. Um, just in case you, you're powered by sunlight and stuff, it's like, <laughs> well, I'm not. Um, and then later on, those come back. Um, those are brought back on another character's suit. Yeah. Um, because, like, yeah, like, uh, uh, he is. So, yeah. like, yeah, there's all these little, little fun bits, like you said, continuity and stuff that are just fun and lit. Like, there's from, from the big things to the, the small things it feels like a world mm-hmm. that like is that exists like even if i don't believe that like apart from some some parts of it that it's all planned out like i believe that there are that like that there are core elements that are like really well um, really well, sort of planned out ahead of time, and then there's bits that are j- that just sometimes feel like, well, we weren't sure what we were going to do this month, so here's an issue about the tether tyrant. I agree uh, with. That. I do think yeah. it gets progressively more like by the seat of their pants as they yeah keep keep going. Um, but while we're touching on characters, I also want to. This is another book with just some great names. Uh, so you've mentioned Rexplode. Mm. You've got uh, duplicate and multipole. They're like yeah, multiplying oh, twins. Uh, you've got shrinking Ray, and of course yeah. his first name is just Ray, which is the best. Um, Kaboomerang, and oh. probably one of my favourite characters, not for his name, but he's called Best Tiger, and he's like <laughs> a Chinese gunslinger and. Um, he wears a bandana around his eyes and everybody sort of assumes that he's blind, sort of daredevil thing. And he just says, no, nah, it'd just be too easy without the blindfold. <laughs> like, heroing would just be too simple. And I think that character is awesome. You are correct. Yeah. <laughs> no disagreement. <laughs> a few kind of spin-off books, didn't they, that I don't think commercially were very successful. But actually some of them are quite a good read, like The Guardians of the Globe. 
there's two volumes of that and then another two volumes of Invincible Universe, which I think is essentially still Guardians of the Globe, but they wanted to put Invincible on it so it would actually sell. <laughs> got to do what you got to do, Will. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, but they're, they're quite a fun read as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that brings us on to our final uh, ah, like, yes. universe of the day. Uh, make yourself a brew and settle in. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I've gone and gotten a blanket and a warm cup of cocoa. <laughs> right. Tell this me, is... a, tell me a tale, Angela. I'll tell you a tale, Matt. So this introduction is not going to be anywhere near as succinct as Will's been because, unlike everything else, so we've we've had various books, um, and they are just one title admittedly black hammer there are spin-offs invincible there are spin-offs that didn't sell um but the final thing we're going to talk about is the third superhero universe which is valiant which contains many many books so to give you a brief history of this glorious glorious universe um so valiant was originally founded by jim shooter in the late 80s early 90s because he couldn't buy marvel so he decided, sod it, I'm going to make my own. And that's what he did. Um, so it launched with some gold key characters that they had on loan, which were Solar, Man of the Atom, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, and everybody's favourite Magnus Robot Fighter. Still um, one of the best names in comics. It so is. Um, and then they launched some original titles. So they had Rai, Exo Mano War, Shadow Man, uh, Archer and Armstrong, Eternal Warrior. They had the event Unity, which was massive that we won't go into here. <laughs> um, and then later on, we had Ninjak come in. Uh, we had the Hardcore. We had all of that, which on I April can't... April 5th, 1996, <laughs> they then introduced. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more, I have there's an entire article on Bigger Than Capes, which I don't cite issues, which, you know, one day I will go back and I will make the longest history. But um, so from 1992 till 1996, these were the glory years for Valiant. These were the good years. Um, and then in 1996, they were bought out by Acclaim, who you may know because they make video games or sorry, they did make video games. Yeah. Um, Man of War, Iron Man, Heavy Metal. Oh, yes. Please. Yeah, so they mined the various characters for video games, some of which they launched, some of which they didn't launch, some of which were good and some of which were not. Um, they also rebooted all your favourite characters, so they all became completely different. So Exo Manowar went from being Arik of Dacia um, and he became a special forces soldier. And Ninjak went from being, you know, a suave, rich British ninja to a teenage boy who turns into Ninjak because video games, dear God. Um, so anyway, that was a claim. Uh, they ran till 2004 when it turned out that people weren't buying their video games and they filed for bankruptcy. Um, and Valiant was lost to us. However, in the mid-2000s, a group called Valiant Entertainment led by, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, so I will have to be careful. I can pronounce his first name, but not his second name. Dineshi Shamdasani. Um, and also Jason Karathi was involved as well. So they bought up the Valiant characters. They couldn't get Solar, Turok or Magnus because they were gold key. They were owned by somebody else. Um, and they relaunched Valiant in March 2012 
um, they announced the return of Valiant and they were going to have the summer of Valiant and they relaunched um, with all your favourites. Um, so Exo Mana War, uh, Bloodshot, Archer and Armstrong. Uh, we had Harbinger. Uh, then we had Ninjak, Shadow Man. They all came back. It was all good. Quantum and Woody, who were actually a claim title, who they brought back. Um, there were various writers involved. So you had Robert Vendetti. Uh, you had Jeff Lemire came on Bloodshot later on. Matt Kintz done various bits of Bob's Elliot Rahal's the various bits, Fred Van Lente, the whole lot. So the Valiant Universe spans many titles and many things. So it's got everything from sort of so Exo Man Awards a bit weird because it's sort of historical science fiction in that the main character is a historical character, but his suit is entirely science fiction. Um, and then you've got Bloodshot, who is an assassin who doesn't sort of know who he is, mysteries. Um, you've got the bad guys, you've got Project Rising Spirit, you've got Toya Harada, who comes in with Imperium, who's sort of this Syot, who are basically like mutants, but we can't call them mutants because copyright is a thing that exists. Um, and yeah, so young kids with superpowers who are the Harbinger Renegades. Uh, later on, we get Generation Zero. You've got Ninjak, who is literally Colin King, suave, sophisticated ninja, except he's really... He's not very sophisticated, is he? He just punches people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's got a whole backstory with the undead monk. Um, I mean, we could be here all day, couldn't we? Archie and Armstrong, who are just hilarious. You've got Quantum and Woody. Basically, if you like comic books, there will be a Valiant title that yeah, you like. there is something for you. There's yeah. something for everyone. But what's really nice is, although I could go on, literally, we've not got time. You know, one day there will be a podcast that literally be talking about Valiant for about five days. But the point is, is although it has all these titles and all these different things, it's a very understandable universe. If you if you go for 2012 and you follow it, I would do not recommend going back to the 90s. It is a tortured era and it's so complicated. But if you go back to 2012, you can pick up the universe really, really easily just by reading a few titles here and a few titles there. If you read The Valiant, which uh, Lemire and Kint did, that basically tells you everything you need to know about The Valiant universe in one trade, which is really nice of them. Um, I've not even touched on Rye in 4001 AD, but anyway, <laughs> it'll be, we'll get there. But the point is, is although there are many, many books, it is a far more easy universe to understand than Marvel and DC because we don't have 60 years worth to catch up on. Um, you can't, they rest the characters as well. So there was a run of EXO that Robert Vendetti did. It ran up to 50 issues. Then he had a rest and then he came back under Kint and did 30 odd. Um, but yeah, it's it's an easy to understand universe in that you don't have to read everything. But they like there were crossovers; they crop up in each other's books, and it's hilarious. You know, the delinquents where Archer and Armstrong crossover with Quantum and Woody is one of the greatest crossovers of all time. Um, but it is just a universe that's really nice to to play in because it makes you it makes you feel quite clever because you're like, oh, I understood that reference, um, <laughs> even though you might not. Exactly. I, stop me now because we could be here all day. Carry on. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you've done a good job of explaining a really lengthy, complex thing. Um, I think you were very right. I think the, there is something satisfying about knowing that you can pick up 
every volume of valiant from 2012 through to now and you can you can read everything and you, you will catch up and there are enough natural breaks for you to say hey i want to read all of this universe i know i didn't start until probably 2015 i think so i i know at that point i i started with quantum and woody and never thought that I was going to read all of Valiant. I thought, <laughs> hell, I didn't even think I was going to read all of Quantum and Woody. I just, I, I read one trade and, uh, well, here we are. Um, I've, I think I've read, okay, 2020 obviously threw a massive spanner in the works, but up until the tail end of 2019, I'm pretty sure I've read all of yeah. the Valiant. Um, and it, it is kind of a slippery slope because you start with something like, quantum and woody and then you know whatever you want whatever you're interested in there probably is a book for you i i know i went from that to dr mirage and the valiant and and then i'm me so obviously after that i decided i needed to go to exo manowar and start there because i wanted to read some ninjak yo and i knew ninjak came in an exo manowar yep. so that makes yeah. sense you gotta read you gotta read exo to get to ninjak and yeah, yeah. eternal warrior comes in in archer and armstrong so you need yeah. that and you've got to know about the vine if you want to read faith so that means going to exo yep. <laughs> to <read> yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's one of those that you don't I, you don't necessarily you don't need to. to. Yeah, I think if you no. picked up Faith as your it's, first it's book, it would at least... It's a joke as much as anything. But... Yeah, it yeah. would at least make sense. I started in, I think, what you would expect, really, as I got a trade of Exo, Harbinger, Bloodshot, um, and Shadow Man, I think, is my first four, just to get a kind of taste of all of the bits. Uh, I think Harbinger was my big hook. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I, I love me some sad comics. and Harbinger <laughs> is full of the sad, it is true. Peter Stanchek, the, the sort of protagonist, I guess, of the overall Harbinger thing. He's just a real down-on-his-look schmo, isn't he? He, never... <laughs> he doesn't help himself, though, to be fair. Oh, no, he makes some awful decisions. But again, I like that the characters in across all of Valiant are human and frequently make sort of irreversible mistakes that they then mm. have to deal with going forward. Yeah, that's the other thing that we were saying with Invincible was that people who die stay dead. And yeah. that's, that's the same in the Valiant universe. If a character is killed off, they don't come back. There is no, you know, rebirth or reboot or whatever. Yeah. What happens, happens. You can't go back to that. Much as, you know, I would like to because Generation Zero were robbed, man. I yeah, I got into it um, with the as you like really shortly into the relaunch um, in 2012 with um, Archer and Armstrong, um, like because um, because of like my personal like enduring love for Fred Van Lente, um, and the like, and, and in particular like it was him coming off of doing the Incredible Hercules. Um, which was, yeah, like a book with a similar sort of dynamic. Um, so I was like, even if I hadn't been kind of excited by knowing that some of these books were coming back with new teams, knowing 
that Van Len, like knowing that Van Lente could write that particular sort of style so well, made me really excited and meant that like I had a good sort of base to to, to launch off of um, to get into the rest of it. Like I, you know, like Archie Armstrong got me to yeah, like we were saying before, like got me to when the series came out, like read the delinquents and stuff, and then go and read, like, Quantum and Woody and all that sort of stuff. Like, So there's always, like we were saying, just these great places that tie everything together that make you kind of, that give you a really solid foothold to get into another series. Yeah. yeah Despite I, it... Sorry, Angela, you go ahead. I, I started with Archie and Armstrong. Um, I can't remember where it was... All I remember is I saw a cover with a dinosaur on it, and that was me gone. Um, I just went, <laughs> yeah. yes, this is the book for me. And then I discovered, and then there were sort of references, and I was like, oh, I need to find out more about this. And then I ended up binge reading pretty much everything up to that point. Yeah. Um, it was probably about 2014, I think, 2013, 2014. Um, but there wasn't a lot to catch up on at that point, so it didn't take me very long. <laughs> But yeah, it was. It's weird because one of my favourite books then turned out to be like Bloodshot Salvation, which is a completely different tonally to Archer and Armstrong. Yeah. But I like, it was I like so, that. So good. It's so good. But I like that that comedy got me in. But then I stayed for the drama. <laughs> I uh, I think despite it being about, you know. Um, ancient warriors in alien armor and unkillable <laughs> soldiers full of nanites and uh, people possessed by the lower of a sort of voodoo spirit. Despite all of that, I think it, it tries to play off as, as grounded as possible. I yeah. think Marvel always went by that thing about the world outside your window, but I think Valiant goes one step further than that and at least plays it off as being what would the world be like if these people were in it? Yeah. yeah. What would our world be like with these people in it, rather than what would a world be like with these people in it? Mm. And I think that works to its strength as well. I think that uh, gives the stories a bit more relatability sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's definitely true. Um, I I do feel like, to wrap up, because I think we're all going to have different answers... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so for each of us if you had just one or maybe two i'll allow two, two. start starting points for valiant oh what would they be to recommend well i think my first would be harbinger one like i think harbinger itself is a decent series but then also leads into imperium and the life and death of toyo harada i think toyo harada might be my favorite character overall uh, so i think right. that gives a big lean in towards harbinger yeah so that's my first choice i'm going to mull over the other um sorry angela go on uh i'm gonna go i'm gonna mull over my second choice but my first choice is going to be the valiant because it's literally it's all there in the manual as they say um because yeah. that does sort of tell you know if you don't like the valiant you probably won't like valiant that is a valid, valid statement. I, think. Um, I would say um, Archer and Armstrong. Um, 
like the first like uh, Archer and Armstrong series because it's all about like it's about all these like mysteries of the Valiant Universe. The brothers Annie Parda tie together so many parts mm. of the universe, and like it's. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like a cent. It's it's a good central point. Uh, yeah. And then I'd have to think on my second for a second. So Zach, what's your first? My my first, quite predictably, would be Quantum and Woody. Woody. Yeah, I, yeah. I would, Whilst I don't think it's the best Quantum and Woody run, I, I would recommend starting with the like twenty thirteen James Asmus. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's Ooh, sci-fi that, at times. But is that what the one that has the good the good Tom Fowler art? It does have the good Tom Fowler mm. art, and if if you if you like that, you, you're really gonna like the kind of uh, Dan Kibble Smith and uh, Elliot Rahal run from 2017, um, which, which is excellent. Yeah, so. Quantum and Woody would be my first choice. I'm going to just do it all in two rounds, and I'm going to go pass this one back to Will now for his second choice. I'm glad, because I've had time to think. Um, on Matt's point, I think Archer and Armstrong is a good choice, because within that first run, it's a complete story that ref- references back to itself. So I think reading all of Archer and Armstrong is quite rewarding in that original kind of run. But my number two choice would be, I think, Rye because it kicks off the beginning of the 4001. Yeah, that's what going first good does for you. Uh, it kicks off the sort of 4001 timeline of Valiant, which is, barring a few exceptions, pretty independent of everything else. It has its own set of characters, its own set of kind of spin-off books. Um, and like I say, there are some cameos here and there, but mostly you can read Rye without having any prior knowledge. Yeah. Good. Uh, thanks, Will. Uh, yes. Good, good luck. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, well, well, Matt picked my second one anyway, which was going to be Archer and Armstrong, so I think we're in the same boat here. So I mean, You can echo my... I, I'll, I'll echo it, because... See, so these is I really love Bloodshot Reborn and that whole run, but I think that benefits more from already knowing the Bloodshot backstory. So, or, or at least I, knowing the Valiant. Yeah, at least knowing the Valiant. So, yeah, I mean, Archer and Armstrong have got because we didn't mention Ivar Timewalker, which we should because he has a book and it's excellent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got Eternal Warrior comes in, Ivar Timewalker comes in, they meet people, they go places, it sets up stuff that appears in other books. So Archer and Armstrong is really good as an introduction, so I can echo Matt on that one. Because, yeah. I, I mean, Exo Manor War was the first one, but I read that pretty late on. I didn't I didn't start with that one. Um and I don't think that Exo, although he's like the headline character, you know, he's the one they brought back. They got more pre-orders of him in the history of the company or whatever. But I, Eric's a dick. Let's be honest. He's not a likable soul. You just want to slap him half the time. So I wouldn't... If, if you want to sort of get a flavour of how they relaunched it, then yeah. But otherwise, no, Archer and Armstrong. Um, yeah. I can't, I've got to I say, can't. I'm just going to defend my boy, Eric. 
I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> go, go on, Will. Try. Try. I, I'm not defending his actions. I'm just into him being a dick. <laughs> he's like, he's, he's oh, like Thor, but with more layers. <laughs> and all of them dickish. And all of them are dickheadish. He but, you know, occasionally... Of, he has a lot of layers. The armour isn't just thin. <laughs> <laughs> and later on, he grows a rad beard, so... Oh, he done. does. Winner. He's made of sadness, yeah. <laughs> to catch his tears. Yes. <laughs> Underneath his helmet. Um. So, for my second, I'm actually going to um, have to echo, like, the Valiant as a good one, just because, like, it's not amazing by, by any stretch, but what it does have is pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, and even if, like, a person in there isn't, like, a featured player, you might see someone in there and just go, who is that? I like the look of them. And I want to go and and find out more. And there's and there'll be a book for you out there. And you're getting sort of an overall feeling of the uh, of the universe, like of what kind of of what can happen in it. And like it it gives a yeah. It, it, it's 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 a solid book that has everyone and is therefore kind of a, like I say a good. A good place to see if there's anything that appeals directly to you mm. and to like your aesthetic. Can I, can I just say, Matt and I have agreed here. This is this I know. Is ground. We this, this is a whole new world. And on this day, the podcast ends. <laughs> so Zach, see, okay, you're going to agree with Will and say uh, his first one again. <laughs> no, I'm I'm going to go a different direction. Whilst I think Rye and Four Thousand One is a solid call, um, I did have a few options here. One of, one of which was going to be Secret Weapons. Oh, yeah. yeah. However, in the, the few minutes I've had to think about this, there is one better. So Secret Weapons is a great read, especially if you've read Harbinger and Imperium, but it is a great standalone book as well. But no, it's Divinity. Divinity is... Oh, oh yeah. Good yeah. Divinity rules. I was going to cool. give a shout out to Divinity, so, but you got there. Divinity is a Russian cosmonaut imbued with omnipotence, not, I guess. Not power cosmic. Go, 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 yeah. Godlike powers. Yeah, he basically, to unfortunately have to reference something else, it is the question of what if Dr. Manhattan wasn't a total dick? Pretty much, yeah. Um, so he he has these unbelievable powers and essentially comes back from the outer limits of reality to find a world that isn't the one he left. Much like Exo Manowar, actually, in a lot of ways. But and, in a far um, less dickish manner. Yeah, and his whole arc... So there's three Divinity series, Divinity, Divinity 2, and Divinity 3. They're all very different... Um, Divinity 3 is an event book within itself where the entire world is reimagined in a world where the Soviet Union went very differently. Um, Divinity 2 is this nice, I say nice, this story about another Russian cosmonaut who comes back to find the same things that that Divinity found, that stuff ain't right. But above all else, 
there is a Divinity Zero issue that came out in, came out after Divinity Three. It's probably impossible to get. I don't think it's been recollected, but it is essentially Divinity traveling around the world, visiting every single superhero, basically just to check that everything's okay. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's it's an intro to. Maybe not an intro, but it introduces and shows you the entire Valiant universe whilst just being quite a nice read. So, Divinity in general, but Divinity Zero is just five stars. Yeah. It's a good shout. Yeah. So, I I think we've we've nailed it with our Valiant recommendations. Absolutely. It is. Sorry, I was, I was just going to say you can get you can get Divinity Zero digitally, and it is part of the deluxe triple Divinity edition. For, so okay, if you want to lay down some big books on the big book, <laughs> if I ever if I ever open a shop, is going to be my TM. slogan. Drop the big books on the big book, uh, then yeah, you can get it in there. Um. That is good to know. I'm glad I haven't just recommended something that is ultimately unattainable for the general public. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, Zach, maybe we should tell the people about where where you might be able to buy um, all these recommended books. That's right. Um, you might be able to buy all these recommended books at comicsology.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, UK for those or, of you or, not also based that, in yeah. You can you can pick up a good chunk of these books at Traveling Man. Um, probably not TravelingMan.com, considering we've gone quite obscure with some shouts, but uh, call them or email them. They can probably figure some of this out for you. Um, I hope. I, I, we, we've gone for some real deep dives today, but <laughs> we've also gone for some stuff that is relatively mainstream. I feel like Invincible is going to get a new print any day now for the accompanying the t- TV series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think most of this is re- readily available yeah. in one form or another. Um, also, another shout out to ourselves. Good job, guys. Um, for biggerthancapes.com, um, head over. There's going to be more articles on alternate universes. As long as we can think of stuff we know about, I guess we'll be writing about it. Um, yeah. I-, I stand by those statements. So... This is the bit where I normally say that, you know, we've been bigger than capes, but we've really not proven today that comics is bigger than capes. We've just obsessed right. over capes. So Invincible doesn't cape. wear a cape. True. <laughs> His dad does though. Yeah. <laughs> so we we've been We've been uh, than capes. Yeah, we we've been Andrew the same as capes. Matt. <laughs> We've been Angela, Matt, Will, and Zach. Um, we've been something than capes. We've been, we've been just just capes hey. today. Um, and yeah, we've I like been to... that six issue Robert Kirkman series that ties into the Invincible Universe capes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, remember that comics can sometimes... also be capes. <laughs> Bigger than capes. Yes. Right. Nailed it.